Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. The book that we're going to be talking about tonight is Murder and Other Distractions by Michael Estrin. A little bit about Michael. He grew up in Los Angeles, fled, and returned. He has written for a broad range of publications, including American Way, Nerve, Bitter Lawyer, Ask Men, Draft, California Lawyer, and Penthouse. Uh, Yes, they have articles, too. That's part of the actual author bio, so... So I'll point that out. Uh, Murder and Other Distractions is his first novel. All right, a little bit about the book. If you're wanted for murder, the last thing you should do is smoke a joint, eat a taco, and alienate potential alibis. Then again, Ethan isn't a very good murder suspect. Maybe it's just been a lousy week for him. There are layoffs at the office, poorly written death threats, and a vapid but alluring co-worker sending Ethan mixed signals. The F-buddy who loves to loathe him doesn't understand that it's over, and his philosophizing best friend is pretty sure that Ethan's problem is merely the dreary momentum of the hipster ethos. Did I say that right? Ethos? Ethos. Ethos? Ethos. Okay. Or it could be that Ethan's pot dealer is out of baggies once again. But the cop who's after him doesn't buy any of that bullshit. Despite being lazy and crooked, Boyd is damn good at his job. He's certain Ethan murdered his ex, the girl who got away, along with her nobody of a boyfriend. And the more Boyd hounds him for a confession, the more Ethan comes to see the murders as his way out of the existential crisis consuming him. All right. That's uh... <laughs> that's a lot of silence. There. That's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of synopsis. Um, it is, but you know what? His author bio. Would you like to critique the author bio? There's a lot of concision there. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's pretty good. Okay, I like it enough. Yeah, it was nice and short. So, yeah. All right. So the story basically is about this guy Ethan, who's uh, it, it really, really. First of all, like one of the first things when Livia started reading it, he got three chapters in and already sent me a text message with some of the. It, it starts out pretty raunchy. Um, he he has this. Uh, oh, what's the inside girl? Inside girl. Yeah, that's his kind of f buddy that is mentioned in the mm-hmm. in the synopsis, and uh, he calls her. There's a lot of characters in the book that he refers to, not by their actual names, but by a name that he is mentally assigned to them. So inside girl is his, you know, his f buddy. Uh, the girl that got away is his ex girlfriend, who's a big part of the book. But anyway, it kicks off with um, him thinking about situations with uh, Inside Girl, and there's a lot of talk about the type of sex they have and stuff like that. So within the first three paragraphs, like Livia said to me in a text message, he's already talking about very specific types of sex. Right. That's something. Remind me to touch on that later, because I... I... I've got some some uh, some Amazon reviews I we're gonna take a look at after after we're done <laughs> reviewing this. So, um, so I'll keep my point to that. Yeah. So basically, it it starts off it it hits pretty pretty hard early on um, with the sex stuff, but it does dissipate and and we get into the story, and the story is that uh, Ethan uh, is a is a blogger. He gets paid to write blog posts, and uh, he's uh, not terribly excited about what he does he's kind of probably like a lot of us who are kind of just trudging through their job and, and he knows that what he's doing doesn't have the value that you know being a writer which is what he wants to do really you know doesn't have the value that he's looking for yeah 
So the conflict of the story really kicks in when um, the conflict, the plot, the basis, like the reason that this story is happening is he uh, he goes out to his favorite taco stand slash restaurant place that he's loved since he was a young boy to get some food and bumps into the girl that got away, which is his very hot ex-girlfriend. Um, she's there with her new boyfriend, which is uh, he, he very mentally... Uh, refers to as lesser me and uh, they <laughs> all a... the names in the book that was my favorite one <laughs> so. yeah so they have a brief interaction which involves just like some pleasantries and uh, Ethan's internally hating lesser me for being with the girl that got away and and you know basically it's a very angst filled I guess inside Ethan's mind a lot of angst going on but on the outside it's basic pleasantries and stuff like that and then he finds out essentially the next day, or is the next day or within the next day or two, that um, sometime after they're bumping into each other at the taco place, the girl that got away and her boyfriend, lesser me, were murdered, as was mentioned in the synopsis. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. All right, so Ethan is uh, embroiled in a murder mystery, and it's not—I shouldn't say—it's—it's it's, it's not much of a mystery. Basically, the police officer uh, who's mentioned in the synopsis name is Boyd. Um, He's—he thinks Ethan did it, much like every other, you know. And even as they allude to in, in the, the book itself, much like any other cop show, um, you know, it's the ex-boyfriend, the jilted lover that that you know has to be the murderer. So Boyd rides him um, pretty pretty much throughout the book as as the killer. Yep. So that's the story. The rest of the book is essentially him uh, trying to convince the police officer that he's not guilty of killing these people, but at the same time just kind of hating his life and not really knowing what everything's about and stuff like that. Yeah. Fair. I think that's all we really want to say about story. Yeah. 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 I think that pretty much covers it. So now let's get down to the, the, the good stuff. So. Um, the goddamn book is very funny. Yeah, so very entertaining. Ethan, yeah, Ethan's um, outlook at, at life and and everything and women and how he kind of compartmentalizes a lot of the people in his life, like with these little nicknames and stuff, is uh, m- makes for a very very entertaining read, at least from his you know from his personal standpoint. Yeah, and then uh, the overall like one of the overarching themes of the book is that since we're seeing this whole thing from his perspective, it's basically him contemplating the world and then in the basic individual things that he encounters in his daily life. So if he's at the grocery store, he's got these kind of long inner monologues about, you know, like entertaining inner monologues about like the weird shit that goes on at the grocery store, like that type of thing. Um, when he's not having direct interactions with, uh, like the more, Pro, you know, prominent characters in the book, like Boyd, the the detective, or uh, there's a couple friends he has that uh, show up a couple times. There was mentioned in the synopsis, he's got kind of a philosopher kind of friend uh, that he interacts with and stuff. So, a lot of the time is spent like him musing about the different things in life. I'm gonna ask you a question because I actually read the synopsis. One of the things I don't usually do before this, did you get the feeling that there was going to be a lot more potheadedness in this than there was? No, I did not read the synopsis before oh, I read the book. Okay. So, okay. Um, I, yeah, yeah. It, looking at it now, though, 
I think, and, and yeah, because they mentioned the pot dealer, you would think that there's a lot of weed smoking going mm-hmm. on, but really there's a couple of funny interactions that involve marijuana, but that's not much more than that happens. I have to say I'm grateful because I've never found like pothead humor funny. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, those, like those pothead movies, like I, I never got them, you know, I just never got the appeal. So I was kind of glad that it didn't go in that direction. I was a little worried for, for a bit. Like the first time, the first time he smoked pot, I was like, oh, here go. It's all downhill from here. A bunch of like dumb stoner humor, and you know what? It did not go that route at all. Yeah, thankfully, no. It it kept. Yeah, that would have been annoying. I agree. So all throughout, it's it's pretty lighthearted. Um, you know, his outlook on things can vary. You know, from from lighthearted to to actually pretty, you know, kind of existential stuff. And Robin mentioned one of the kind of like overarching you know things about the book the other one was and i thought this was kind of really interesting the difference between meaning and matter yeah that was kind of cool yeah i mean and he kind of refers to it throughout the book and it's something his friend once says to him is and it's basically that even though something matters does it really mean anything and basically what the difference between those two are so ethan frequently throughout the course of the book after this is kind of disclosed to us about a third of the way in um, makes that comparison between things in his own life and, and in life in general. Yep. So aside from being funny, uh, these little like, now we're going to kind of get into the nitpicky things because there's some things like kind of like Olivia said at the beginning, um, there were parts where I was worried like a little bit about how the story was going to go and whether I was going to like it. And um, uh, I don't know. There were some parts that, that, I guess they made sense for the story and everything, but I was like, oh, if this is going to be the rest of the way the rest of the book goes, I'm not too sure if I'm going to be into it or not. I, I can't really think of, I mean, r- realistically, the, the examples I can think of are, are ones that I can't really mention because it might spoil the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into the same problem mostly later in the book. So at that point, at least I was pretty comfortable with uh, the bulk. Yeah. The bulk of the book before I got to a couple parts that I thought either. <clears throat> maybe didn't fit real well or okay so here it is there's a dream sequence <laughs> in this book um that like stand alone is like a weird bizarro short story i thought was really good but god i hate dream sequences yeah yeah we've talked about this <laughs> <laughs> so david james keaton uh agrees no, yeah. dream, no dream sequences. Yeah. So if this, if that, if you wanted to cut that portion out and turn it into a bizarro story and send it that direction, um, it probably has a really good fit in the story. It was, um, although it was humorous, I yeah, I just I never get dream sequences, man. I just can't do it. Here's the other thing too. All right, so um, not to totally jump away from your topic, but mm-hmm. his job in general to me seemed a little bit. Uh, the office interactions and the office atmosphere was a little sitcom-y for me. I mean, you basically had people that fell into very stereotypical roles. There wasn't a lot of people in the office. And again, he had fuckable co-worker was one of the people. Um, so it's more of his internalized, you know, labels that he's applying to people. Um, and it just seemed like they were so, like, cookie-cutter almost. That um, I, did, I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't really care for the the office, the scenes that took place at the office mm-hmm. too much. Um, it didn't bother me a whole lot because I kind of saw the whole book that way. It's like the like crazy driving on the expressway and stuff. Like all of it was kind of in the 
you know, like exaggerated, over stereotypical, like on purpose, I thought. Kind of like a, yeah, like an intentionally amplified example of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess I I could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can take it okay if the whole book's like that. um, Recently, I listened to the Wolf Gift review, and that's where where it was a real problem. (laughs) Where you had a book that wasn't supposed to feel that way, but then you fall into these very stereotypical elements. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Yeah, that is fair because I was thinking too earlier when I was thinking about the book before we started recording that one of the things that I thought he did well was the consistency of of that style that he brought to the story where it was a little bit over the top, kind of as if he's like, well, what if someone actually did the thing that, uh, for example, I'm going to use this uh, example we talked about earlier. Uh, This doesn't spoil anything, but it's later in the book. At one point, he goes to a taco place with a couple of stoners, and um, he, I, I, for some reason, takes tacos very, very seriously. And uh, <laughs> to he put it mildly, gets in an argument. Yeah, <laughs> gets in an argument with the two stoners he's with, who he had just met and gotten a ride over to the taco place with, um, about the fact that the tacos were not good at all, and they they got. They got kind of wounded by that, and then they called over the owner and said, "Hey, this guy says you're not making real tacos," and and it escalates to the point where at at one point, all the patrons and the owner and the entire restaurant get him on the ground and are like just kicking the hell out of the guy. So it's that type of exaggeration where it's like probably that wouldn't happen in real life. Like it's very very improbable. Um, but that's the tone of the book. It's like what you know, what would happen in that situation if it really did happen, kind of that thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um. So did let me ask you a question before we move on. Did this remind you of anything else you've read? There was no way that we were going to get through this review without making the obvious comparison. There was no way we were going to be able to do it. Um, Yes, it is strikingly, strikingly, I don't want to say suspiciously similar, but it is like, it's so similar to something that we have read before that it's like, how could they reasonably not have known about this? Um, Apathy and Other Small uh, Victories is a booked favorite, although we've never reviewed it on the show because it came out six-ish years ago. Um, but yeah, and, and this is, so I thought this and I purposely didn't say anything to Rob about it to wait for him to say <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Just so I didn't implant right. that, that yeah. seed. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Now, mind you, although it's a favorite of the show, I, last time I read this was three or four years ago. So it's not like it's real fresh on the brain. Did we, do we have the synopsis for apathy pulled up? Um, actually, oddly enough, I do. Um, Okay. The only thing Shane cares about is leaving, usually on a Greyhound bus, right before his life falls apart again. Just like he planned, but this time it's complicated. There's a sadistic corporate climber who thinks she's his girlfriend, a rent-subsidized affair with his landlord's wife, and the bizarrely appealing deaf assistant to Shane's cosmically unstable (laughs) dentist. When one of the women is murdered and Shane is the only suspect who doesn't care enough to act like he didn't do it, the question becomes just how he'll clear the good name he never had and doesn't particularly want his own. Yeah, so you have like a apathetic kind of loser who's got a murder rap on him who a bunch of weird shit happens to. Mm-hmm. So you got yeah. the funky cops after him. And, yeah. and, and, and I know we didn't mention about this book, The Creepy Neighbor. 
definitely the creepy neighbor for sure yeah yeah um starts out really strange too like well like murder and other distractions not that strange but starts out with a very vivid image and 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 apathy starts out doesn't it start out with him like reflecting on how he steals salt shakers yeah yeah he wakes up in bed with salt shakers if i remember correctly yeah so if the similarities ended there you know there's really no like that's there's the whole thing about how there's really not an original story left everything's been done before you're just kind of rehashing things um then there's the cover i mean there no before you get to the cover there's the title apathy and other small victories murder and other distractions yeah yeah um <coughs> uh, yeah I, if, rob can you or you're able to you you can put these both up on the website right side by side yeah okay so i'm gonna briefly if you haven't made it over to the website if you're listening on itunes or stitcher i'm going to describe the cover of apathy and other small victories which is uh, i'm not gonna go into color scheme or whatever but there is the equivalent of like a what would be like a stick guy if you filled them out He's the guy. He's like the running guy. He's like the walk guy where his head is a perfect circle. The sign guy. He's like the bathroom, yeah, yeah, the men's yeah, bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, the falling down guy. Um, and he is holding a gun to his head. <laughs> the top of murder and other distractions, the top half of it has the same guy holding a gun to his head, but the brains are like coming out the side in the form of like three, I don't know, like upside down exclamation points. Yeah, and on Apathy, you have underneath the guy with the gun to his head the title and the author's name and then some um, sign, language. Uh, sign language hands spelling out mm-hmm. Apathy. Murder and Other Distractions, you've got, like Livia said, the top half of that guy with the title. Then you've got some other pictures of that guy w- w- doing different activities. I think in the first one, he's drowning. <laughs> in the second mm-hmm. one, he's being kicked in the head. And in the third one, there's some love making happening, and then below that oh. is the, the author's name. So I thought I thought he was giving that that other person the Heimlich maneuver. Well, usually that's standing up. Well, see, I've been doing it wrong for all Not this time. Not in the. <laughs> <laughs> see, why wouldn't somebody every tell time, me? <laughs> every time at the restaurant, you're getting someone down onto all fours. Yeah. Maybe it's Greco-Roman wrestling. Why does everybody Maybe drag me off yeah. someone when I'm trying to give them the Heimlich maneuver? <laughs> Oh, so at any rate, yes, there are there are some similarities that uh, we we just couldn't in good conscience not not go yeah. over. So. Yeah, and the other thing is, I'm willing to go with the the gunpowder theory, like the you know, like or the dynamite, whatever it is, like the idea that like you can you can individually come up with uh, with an idea. Multiple people can have the same inspiration, you know kind of in the same time uh without having heard it from the other person that type of thing um is that bullets gunpowder something like that happened anyway i mean i'm all science here. i have no idea what that any of that is <laughs> uh it, it, like anyway things being independently invented um in different like you know spheres without influence over each other that type of thing however Apathy came out like six years ago. This came out yet last year. Mm-hmm. So that bends the credibility a lot. Yeah. So, I, and I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's certainly okay to be influenced by things. We've read lots of things that were influenced by something else, you know. But yeah, it, there are some similarities, which could be a good thing because, you know what? Murder and Other Distractions is a very enjoyable book. So is yeah. Apathy and Other Small Victories. Yeah. So, that's the thing. Like, yeah. 
it was the elephant in the room. It had to be addressed. We couldn't go through this entire review and not mention it and expect people to just be like, do they not, do they not, is there, is it, I mean, they've talked about the book, you know, like it would just be, Mm -hmm. we had to say it, we had to say it. You do realize that the number of people I've read after the another small victories is probably pretty few, right? I don't know. All right. So, um, at my job, Mm-hmm. It's well known that I do a book review podcast. Um, so by virtue of the fact that everybody knows that I'm a book reviewer, it's that thing. It's that like if people knows you like know you like to read books, everybody's like, you got to read The Da Vinci Code because it's the best book ever because it's the only book I've ever read. Um, so people at work are always telling me what books they like. And um, this one dude, he's like, there's this book that you have to read. I'm sure that nobody's ever read it before. And I was like, is it called Apathy and Other Small Victories? And he's like, yes, it's awesome. <laughs> so, like, yeah. You make an interesting point. I had a online conversation with Pela Bia where she had mentioned, I'd said something about the book. And she said, did, did you know that's one of my favorite books? And I was like, I no idea. Yeah, so. I think it's more, it's one of those ones that's, like, somehow it hit on all the right radars. Like, it somehow got to, obviously, I heard of it through Livius because every good book I've ever read I got from Livius. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one that kind of makes the rounds. It's one of those, much like a Clevenger book, like if you read Clevenger and you enjoy it, you give it to as many people as possible. I feel like Apathy is, is very similar. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, she plays Words with Friends with Paul Nealon, right? Yeah, and somehow she hasn't gotten him on this podcast. I know. I so she's, we. <laughs> she's jealous. She's keeping him to herself. Apathy is also a favorite of uh, of our friend Dan, who was on this podcast a long, long time ago. And I sent him a, a text message when I heard that, and <coughs> his response implied that he was rather jealous. But I'm thinking Neilan would kick his ass at Words with Friends. Yeah, probably. Maybe yeah. you know, <laughs> thinking like if he got him on Fat Naya before <laughs> we got him on Booked, we'd have to murder him or something. <laughs> All right, maybe we should get back to reviewing this book. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, so we got a little sidetrack there. Um, we do want to do some quotes, though, right? A very quotable book. Here, this is going to be a showstopper. I have zero quotes, and here's why. I have zero quotes because, um, and this is like, this is no fault of Michael Estrin. He was nice enough to provide a review copy for us to read. Uh, it's a PDF, which I don't prefer, um, but, you know, it's a free copy of a book, so I'm not going to complain. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely valid to provide PDFs as a uh, as a review copy, but I just had – there's two reasons I chose not to do quotes. First of all, I didn't have the energy to <laughs> jump back and forth and, and um, you know, copy something from the PDF and pop, paste it into another you – know, I just didn't feel like doing it, to be completely honest. The other reason is I think that uh, Estrin in this book – maintained such a steady level of quotability that I mean so few moments stand out above everything else that I mean I mean it's basically consistently quotable like he's got that kind of quippy quirky witty humor consistently throughout so I I don't know if I want to you know choose one thing that I would point out over anything else basically um that's fair and I I um I have to agree with you. I went a different direction. I read half of this on my tablet, and I read half of it on the Kindle. Um, there, I was taking screenshots, so I have 22 screenshots on my tablet 
and I'm probably not even going to reach over <laughs> for the Kindle, <laughs> but there's probably another dozen or so on there. So um, I do want to give folks a, uh, a little taste of some of uh, some of my favorite moments, though, so they can kind of get an idea. So it's going to be a it's going to seem like a really long time. Cause it's going to be just me reading with Rob going, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. So uh, let's see. I've elected to run in Hancock Park where I can set my own pace rather than in Hollywood where there's a decent chance a mugger or crazy homeless guy is likely to dictate the tempo of my cardio routine. Yeah, that's like pretty that good. quite a bit, yeah. Um, this part is just a smaller excerpt of a bigger section, but basically it's uh, his description of... Can I ask you a question? I, I meant to go back to the very beginning. I know what the nicknames mean for everybody else. Do we know why Inside Girl is Inside Girl? Uh, I don't remember, to be honest. Okay. Because I, I don't know how I like glazed over it, and I guess when I got to some of the other ones, I was like, you know, I don't know that I ever got why she was Inside Girl, but I could have maybe just spaced. So it's a conversation between him and Inside Girl. Inside Girl is the, um, the, the, the fuck buddy, basically. That's all they have in common. They don't like each other. They don't spend time together unless they're having sex. This is actually the way we talk. We exchange words so that it sounds like we're having a conversation, but the words never really make any sense. We just lob them back and forth like some sort of insane tennis match until one of us, usually me, gets bored. That's when we fuck. It's a peculiar facade that we engage in, and I've never been able to understand why we do it. My tablet just turned off. So let's see. Never understand why we've been able to, why we do it. We never go anywhere. We never exist in the presence of outsiders. It's just inside girl and me, and yet we persist with the ruse. It means nothing, though I suspect that it matters to her. You see that? So it means nothing to him, but it matters to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was talking about that a little earlier. So since Rob doesn't have. Wait, I'm going to throw one out because I just opened up my thing. Okay. Um. <clears throat> A few hours from now, an emotionally unstable woman will come over to my apartment. We will watch A Few Good Men because it's one of those movies everyone has seen at least ten times. I love A Few Good Men. <laughs> and like when I, was <laughs> when I was reading this book, I was like, I totally get that. That totally makes sense to me because if, uh, if I wanted just something on in the background that like I know some other activities were going to be taking place and I didn't care about... But every now and then I could catch like a really epic moment that I love. That would be one of the movies I chose. So I, I really, I emotionally attached to that, to that. It's on page seven. It's at the very beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> a few good men. <clears throat> this next, uh, next passage, I, I don't know how much of it I'm going to read. It goes on for a while and it's every bit as good for probably six or seven paragraphs. In title, I am a writer. In practice, I am a producer of content. I pick stories, massage headlines, rewrite paragraphs, hunt for killer quotes, and generally wordsmith the hell out of reporting done by real journalists. To keep readers coming back, the few who do, I need to publish as many stories as I can, and time permitting, do, and this is in quotes, original pieces like 10 websites that are more addictive than crack. 10 is a very important number online. People love lists. It's a fact. Any asshole can come up with five of just about anything, but it takes a pro to crank out 10 examples of something on a regular basis. The articles need not be accurate. They need not be newsworthy, and they need not be the result of my own original reporting. What they need to be is clickable and ideally worth stopping to read and tell others about. And it just goes on and on. Not only is it witty, but it's very insightful into the internet community. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So uh, let's see if I can pull out one more, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day on the on the quotes. So here's uh, his thoughts on lesser me. 
I know the tacos are fucking amazing because I've been coming here since I was a t-ball player. Lesser me is like Christopher Columbus who showed up late and insisted on calling everyone an Indian because he couldn't find a country so big it's practically a continent. Plus, I think he has an STD, but I can't be certain of that. Yep, good stuff. I mean, and that's consistent throughout, and that's, that, like, any paragraph, you're going to get that type of wit. And, um, and I, like I said, that's one of the things throughout is that he's just kind of doing that type of reflection on, on basically everything he runs mm-hmm. runs across in the entire book. Yep. Yeah, and that's, and like I said, I could just go on and on and on. Um, there's a, not even the interaction, but his uh, his, his drug dealer never has baggies. And he goes on to tell you that, like, the only things drug dealers need to do is, like, you know, have discretion, dope, and baggies. <laughs> like, so, I mean, there's just some really, really great stuff in here. I mean, it's it's laugh-out-loud funny through a good portion of it if you appreciate kind of insightful humor. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Did you catch the res- – uh, I'm not even why – do I, why do I do this to myself? One of the chapter – there's really not – chapters per se it's almost like sections kind of mm-hmm. um one of them was called i'm hungry let's get a taco do you know where that comes from uh no reservoir dogs the quentin tarantino movie there's this like big long kind of conversation between two of the characters and at the end of it harvey Keitel, he just says i'm hungry let's get a taco turns on the car they drive off it's pretty badass I vaguely remember seeing that movie. There was some definite uh, pop culture references throughout the book. So, like Reservoir Dogs, like I said before. Um, what did I? Uh, what was the other big one? There was uh, Big Lebowski, which I'm sure you haven't watched, right, Livius? Nope. Some Big Lebowski references. I'm sure there were some like lots of like you know the major pop culture movie references came through i think some like i think there might have been some more gangster kind of movie references as well throughout yeah lots of pop culture which you know is to be expected in a in a story that takes place in los angeles that i mean los angeles is pop culture right i mean that's the definition of pop culture yep oh and seinfeld definitely some seinfeld references in there yeah. Apparently, I don't. Apparently, I don't watch anything. You know, there weren't. There, was, there weren't. There were no Downton Abbey references. Nothing about Luther. There was nothing from Justified. No certain of it. No Gossip Girl. No, no Vampire Gossip Diaries. Girl. Nope. Nope. Um, Those are both East Coast shows. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Oh, and I wanted to make sure that. <laughs> <laughs> You're. That's why it was just fucking great. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I pointed this out. Uh, I can't remember how long ago it was, but way, way back in like the history of booked. Oh, I think it was um, was it the uh, when we were, that Roger Smith book, Dust Devils? Is that what it was mm-hmm. called? Yep. Schadenfreude. Is that when yes. Schadenfreude came out? Yes. Man, memory like a steel trap here. There's a there's a chapter with the title Schadenfreude, so I wanted to make sure that like that came back because there was definitely we had this whole big thing about schadenfreude like god it has to be over 100 episodes ago now yes yes it has so yep hey before we go on oh oh, no go ahead and do a big good schadenfreude schadenfreude for anybody who doesn't know is um basically taking joy in the suffering of other people 
I want to make sure that everybody knows that that's your like you know dun, 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 moment for the the podcast. Before we get to our um, wrap ups, can I read some of the the Amazon reviews for this? Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's on the bullet points. It is, <laughs> and and here's so so I go and remember I think it was like halfway through the book I decided to look this up on Amazon and I go and I go it's got four one star reviews one star reviews so five star reviews can be really worthy of of taking a look at from an entertainment standpoint but the one star reviews typically and this is four for four these are all great so i want to read all of the one star reviews because i also like to say that you guys just listen to what half hour of us reviewing a book yeah here is the review that some other people gave it and these are all one star reviews did you want to did you want to go back and forth do you want to do some of these yeah yeah we'll we'll switch I'm i'm gonna take this top one I bought this book based on the description and great reviews. What the description and reviews left out was the explicit sex warning. I flipped the next page button several times and the sex description did not stop. I'd like this to interject right now and say that I don't remember any two or three page long sex descriptions. When I bought this book, I did not realize it was porno in print. My only consolation is I bought it during its promotional free period, so nothing lost. I doubt I will ever finish the book if all it contains is sex. That Matt Goff. Not well, Matt first said he bought it, and you know, I kind of felt bad for him. Because, yeah. you know, it, it was pretty explicit in parts. But then I realized he got it for, for free. and He bought and, it for free. Yeah, he bought it for free. And uh, he flipped the next page button several times, and it, it occurred to me not just now that he's got the, a Kindle, and if his eyesight's poor, that might have just been two or three paragraphs, if even that, that he was flipping through. Yeah, I mean, if he ups that the font yeah. size. Yeah, because there were no three-page-long sex descriptions, right? It was a little short, one paragraph. Yeah, I mean, the book starts out with him talking about Inside Girl and, like, the way Uh that their sexual relationship works. Uh But, yeah. All right. Yeah, come on, Matt Goff. Just dig it. Dig the sex a little bit. Open up. All right. You want to do this next one-star review? This one, this one, it seems like the guy invested some time in. So we got to take this one a little more credibly. Yeah, guys, this is going to be the one. That opens up the conversation for sure. Uh, William E. Payne. Should we reveal a name? It's on Amazon. It's public. They can just yep. go look themselves. So I don't care. William E. Payne has this to say about murder and other distractions. No story to it. Just this guy who likes to talk about what a stud he was. All right. So that's a fair analysis, I guess, if you read the book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a fair yeah. opinion, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's, yep. a, it's yeah. his opinion, mm-hmm. if that's what he feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but this next part. Never finished the third page. Now it's possible he skipped the third page <laughs> and went on to read. From two to four and then all the way yeah, to the end. Enough to give this a one-star review. <laughs> Again, these people are turned off by all the all the sex that's going on in this book. Yep. All right, so Mema, um, M-E-M-A. Is that Mima? Mima, Mema, no idea. Mima. Um. This is the, the the heading is UGG, U-G-H, UGG. I think this book was meant for the 18 to 21-year-old. It takes place in Los Angeles. The characters have names like Inside Girl and Lesser Me. I just didn't get it. Oh, Mima. So Mima at least read, got to be 20 pages, 15, 20 pages before <laughs> Lesser Me showed yeah, up, Yeah, Lesser right? Me, yeah. Okay, all right, okay. This right. is my favorite one. You get the best one. Is this Nanachka? It's Nanachka. All right, so. <clears throat> all right. 
Nanachka gave a, a one star rating. Wanted to poke my eyes out is the title of it. That's pretty goddamn rough, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's going to take in a my, lot to poke your eyes to want to poke your own eyes out. In my 34 years and in all of the hundreds and hundreds of books I've read, never have I wanted to poke my eyes out. And I read a James Patterson book. so. Dude, uh, you go further. You try to protect your eyes, right? With like glasses and stuff. Yeah. Glasses. No one else pokes them out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying. Nanachka, man. All right. So what hurt her? So, is, I'm assuming it's a girl. Uh, yeah. All right. So bad. All right. Here's what it is. Inane, vulgar, pointless. Could not wait to erase it from my library so it would not pollute the rest of my books. Does it seem harsh? Sorry, I could not tell you how I really feel. No period at the end of that sentence. So I think that Nanashka is still writing this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's analyze this. She's going to assume she read 30, 40 pages. She probably read more than anybody else on this page. She thought it was inane, vulgar, and pointless. Okay, all right. Like you said, it's an opinion. That's fair opinion, you know. Could not wait to erase it from my library. Mm, all right, you know these books. You can only fit what twelve, fourteen hundred books on a Kindle. Yeah, it's gonna save space. Yeah. Um. So it would not pollute the rest of my books. Now, I've got to tell you, I've had Fifty Shades of Grey. I had it on my Kindle. I've been using your Kindle for months. It has not polluted one other fucking book in the goddamn Kindle. Yeah, I don't know if Nanashka, it doesn't work like that. I don't know if Nanashka understands how. Any book where, like, I mean, unless Nanachka's working on a story where there's a book that, like, by osmosis changes another book, it's just not possible. Nanachka, come on. Yeah. And then, sorry, she couldn't tell us how she felt, how she really felt. I got how she really felt. She felt like a moron is how she felt. So, yeah. At any rate. She probably bought it for free, too. Wanted to share, uh, wanted to share some of those reviews. Now you got me thinking. Can I, I just want to take a minute because Nanachka has other reviews. <laughs> I'm going to check out Mima, see what Mima's got going on. All right. So Nanachka, um, five star review for My Dog's Got Fleas, which is a children's book, another child children's book. Got a Crossroads. Looks like it could be vampire teen romance. Uh, all right, so lots of children's books. I'm trying to find a, a, a book that she five-starred that was a great, you know, like an adult book. An adult book? Well, I she's got a lot of children's books on here, so. Gotcha. Uh, here, five-star review for Trading Manny, How a Father and Son Learned to Love Baseball Again. <laughs> That's Nanachka? Yeah, thank you, Jim Gulo. To okay, thank you, Jim Gulo, to take us along on the wonderful trip with his son to rediscover the love of baseball. And yes, there's a long pause between "re" and "discover" because there's a dash and then a space. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, looks like Mima is definitely into murder mysteries. Um. Bob, see, she got sucked in by that title, murder. Yeah, murder is right there. That's why Mima, yeah. If it was like, um, you know, butt sex and other distractions, Mima might not have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Mima gave five stars to the Marinera Murders, uh, which is part of the Arthur Beautyman Mysteries by Eric Hanberg. There you go. Tired detective Arthur Beautyman lives, lives with his mother, Ruth. They have a unique relationship. Love the banter between them. Julie Diamond is Ruth's favorite bridge partner. Partner is spelled with two R's. 
not the two that should usually be in there. <laughs> I think there's an extra R in the beginning. Jules son Henry is being blackmailed that's where Arthur comes into play blackmail murder bribery and extortion take you for a ride two commas and if you don't know what a hamong is read the book and become informed didn't oh. we just read didn't we just read that in a book hamong I think so here's then, the thing Michael Estrin if you want to get Mima back <laughs> there's got to be more bridge partners there's got to be, uh, Ethan's got to move in with his mom, and there's uh, there's got to be a unique relationship with good banter. And and if you teach your son how to play baseball, <laughs> you're getting the notchka back. Yeah. So, any rate, yeah. You know, sometimes I just look, and it it, it just it hurts my it hurts my brain. <laughs> These people that I I mean, honestly, you should have to go through some sort of like quality assurance in order to give reviews um really any i mean uh anywhere but especially on am like this will maybe impact the whether someone buys it or not right i'm thinking um yeah yeah at any rate nanachka and mima yeah i don't know don't read apathy and other small victories if you're listening <laughs> All right, um, we should probably do wrap ups and uh, and give uh, give this guy some stars. Let's do it. Why don't you uh, kick it off? All right. So, um, you page one. Um, I will say that I, I understand what some of those one star reviews were saying. And had I not have moved past the second or third page, I would have thought this was kind of like you know porn in print by anonymous kind of you know thing. Um, but uh, this guy's just a really really sharp wit. Um, He's taken a, a good look, I think, at, at society, and I would imagine that if I was a if I was a, a Californian, that I would probably even understand more on the taco debate and and you know things about the traffic and and stuff. So, um, but he did it, you know, in such a way that it was it was insightful and funny at the same time, and and he didn't, you know, this isn't just dick and fart jokes, you know. I mean, there's some actual real intelligent humor here, and. Uh, and, you know, and, and the story is, is what it is. It's it's a decent story, but it's great. The The writing is terrific. So the writing's terrific. It's entertaining, and it's funny. Um, yeah, there was a dream sequence. Yeah, there's kind of another scene towards the end I didn't really get. Not not the ending of the book. I totally got the ending of the book, so I don't want to throw anybody off by that. About two-thirds of the way in, it kind of lost me for a little bit. Um, but uh, just laugh out loud funny, and definitely a book that will stay with me for a while. I'm going to give it four stars. Boom. As Sean Ferguson and, would say. And a sound effect. Okay, so here's what I got. I, I have a weird relationship with this book. Um, obviously, it's it suffers from the fact that there are some strong similarities to Apathy and Other Small Victories. So um, having liked that book so much, I was a little bit guarded, a little, little uh, suspicious of what was going to happen with this book. It was just like, you know... Um, kind of a rip off of it or not didn't really end up being that way there were some similarities but overall i mean um it's a decent story uh i think the story is more there to prop up um the dialogue uh his inner monologues and some of the entertaining things that go on along the way um what i enjoyed most about the book was those entertaining moments it's very funny. Um, lots of 
weird stuff going on that I dug. So uh, I'd say more entertaining than than you know um, like a, a plot that I enjoyed that type of thing. But overall, it overcame any concerns I had based on the similarities with apathy. So I know I'm talking about apathy, apathy a lot, but it just needs to be said. Um, overcame that, and as much as as cautious as I was, as hesitant as I was, I actually really enjoyed reading it. Um, so overall, I'm going to do I'm going three stars. I like the book. All right, there we go. There you have it, Michael Estrin. Oh, can can I also mention that the one place it wins out um, in in the apathy, murder, and other distractions, apathy ebook nine ninety nine, murder and other distractions two ninety nine. That's a winner. That's a winner right there. Three bucks. So, um, yeah. So good stuff right yeah. there. I would definitely recommend. It. I mean, it's a light read. It's light and entertaining. If you just want some like, like a, a quick entertaining read that's got a lot of you know that stuff. You know, like he's talking about sex with different people and there's you know violence and smoking weed and getting beat up at taco joints that type of thing. You don't have to take too seriously or really analyze the plot too deeply. I definitely recommend reading this. It's a good book. Mm-hmm. All right. So you brought up earlier PDFs. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been talking about it a lot, and this is just coincidental. It was a good way to go into this. So publishers, please, please, for the love of God, make Moby any pub files available to your reviewers. Um. I understand that it's a tough, hard world out there, but you've got to have some faith and you have to trust a little bit. Um, this last book we read was a uh, was a, a protected PDF, um, which meant I couldn't convert it to a Mobi on my own. Boo! Um, but on the Kindle, every time I like you know would turn the Kindle back on, you know, take it out of sleep mode, I had to enter the password again. Yeah. So I don't know if that's so. You make sure you don't forget the main character's name. But. <laughs> It was rough. It was rough going there for a little while. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm growing and like, I'm just getting ti- like, it's getting tiresome to. Here's what it boils down to: if someone gives us, and we we appreciate getting, and I, I want to make sure that's clear, we appreciate getting uh, copies that are you know provided for us without having to pay for them. That's pretty awesome. But at the same time, we're kind of doing something for you too. Maybe, maybe not, but you know, like you know, the idea is you get your book out there. We're talking about it. Um, so, the way, like, the best way for us to be able to talk about it is to have a book that we can easily interact with. If we have a PDF, especially one that's that's password protected, it just makes our interaction with that book more difficult. It makes me not. I mean, if I have an EPUB, it's very easy for me to highlight sections that I can read during quotes or. Um, make notes about things that I want to be sure to talk about during the show. I'm sure that I would have had a much more comprehensive list of things to talk about had this been in an EPUB format or a Mobi format. But um, And it's not just Michael Estrin. It happens a lot that people send PDFs as their preferred method of, of like review copies of books. And it just makes it makes the whole experience much more complicated. Yes, agreed, agreed. And it's not, it's not difficult. Like I got in an argument on Facebook with someone, some people about this not too long ago, a month or two ago, and to illustrate exactly how easy it is to make 
uh, ebooks. I copied the comments in the in the argument on Facebook that we were having, put it into a document, uh, kind of formatted out all the weird spaces and everything, and exported it into an EPUB and had it posted on Facebook within seven minutes of that conversation, um, the final comment in that conversation. So it's not difficult. It's almost effortless to make those types of books. So I don't understand why people why it's so difficult for people to make that happen. No clue, buddy. No idea. I'm raging over here. You want to know the only thing I hate more than um, than like weird PDF review copies? What's that? Actual paper copies. <laughs> so um, coming up in the upcoming months, we're going to be reviewing um, Stud Book by Monica Drake. Do you know what I had to do to get a, an a advanced copy of this? Um, I do, but I don't think our listeners do. <laughs> I had to fucking buy one on eBay. Yeah, an arc, right? So, yep. So here's what's worse than <laughs> digitally protected PDF. I had to go on eBay and bid on an advanced reader copy. Now, do you know how much I paid for it? I'm gonna guess um, a thousand dollars. Two ninety nine. There was no competition. I was the only bid. All right. Now that alone just makes Livius look like he really wants to review this book but the backstory of this is way back months ago uh, it was announced that Monica Drake's new book was coming out and she was looking for people to review the book being a book review podcast obviously I reached out to her and I said hey if it's not too much trouble we'd like to get a review copy of this book she replied very promptly and said yes I'll give your information uh, give she told me what information she said yes give me this xxx information and i will make sure i forward it along to my publicist um and that was pretty much it so then i sent her exactly the information that she she had asked me for and exactly the format she had told me didn't hear back from her i figured okay i'm on the list we're good to go we're gonna get a review copy of this book did we we did yeah, I bought, one on, bought one on eBay, but like, yeah. So a couple months later, I start seeing people posting on Facebook, "Hey, look what came in the mail! It's an arc of stud book by Monica Drake." Uh, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to keep an eye out on the mail because any day now, you know, we talked about it. I talked to the author, of course, and my review copy is coming because I am a legitimate book reviewing venue. Well, hmm. well, no, we're legit. <laughs> Come on, yes, okay. <laughs> nope. Nothing yet. It's been months. It's been like at least a month now since people started receiving arcs for this, and still nothing. I know I gave the right address. I only have one address. I don't yeah. know. Well, thank you, eBay user M Drake for. Oh wait, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe if you had given my address, it wouldn't have arrived. It's possible. Yeah, I don't it's know what possible. to think about it. I'm not saying Monica Drake doesn't want us to read this book. I'm not implying that she intentionally left us off of an ARC list, but I will say that some of the people that I did see receiving review copies of this book don't do book reviews. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of raises an eyebrow a little bit. Maybe, you know what, maybe they ran out of money for ARCs. Well, they paid her like $100,000 for the, to, to do that book. Yeah, they're like, man, we should have just backed that off a little bit and printed out a few more copies of this book. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. May, I think. Sometime ahead from now, but I just want to talk about yeah. 
going from you know password protected PDFs to actual paper pages might be a little lock on the arc. You have to like enter a combination every time you want to open it. I haven't looked at it. Yeah. So. Your yeah your transaction number from eBay. <laughs> User M Drake. <laughs> uh, any rate, well, <clears throat> we have a we have some bad news this week. We're done talking about arcs, right? Yeah, but hey, okay. did you skip over this part that I'm highlighting I, in the document? I, I did. I was going to come back to it. Okay, very good. Move on. It's okay. Bad news. Um, bad news is there is no no book news this week. No official book news from Skip Papersley. Yep, he didn't give us an excuse. He just said, can't do it. Well, he said, hey, I'm sorry, I won't be able to. So yeah, I'm not going to come up with some elaborate, you know, like he was you know, renditioned or something like that. We just don't know why. He just didn't, he didn't have the time, I think. Here is the good news. You are going to get to hear exactly what book news would sound like if Skip Papersley never came back to the show. You will have a new appreciation for Skip Papersley. Oh, this is exciting. Okay. Or terrifying. One of the two. So I'm going to skip all the clever stuff. I'm just going to get to the top five, but I'm going to do my best to show you how this would happen if Skip Papersley was never on the show, right? All right, so. You get the music and everything, right? (laughs) That was brilliant. All right. Bulleting into the top five, The Third Bullet by Stephen Hunter. A month and a half late, the 10th of December at number four by George Saunders. Uh, it's a bunch of assassins. This one's the fifth one by Brad Meltzer at number three. Lovely, lovely Jillian Flynn is still at number two with Gone Girl. And A Memory of Light is number one by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. This has been Book News. I'm Livia Snedden. In loving memory, Robert Jordan uh, passed away, actually. Um, I know a little bit about this. This is that Wheel of Time series that's been going on. Do you know anything about this at Fantasy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wheel of Time, I do know what that is, yes. Yeah. I did not know that he passed away. Yeah, so the, uh, the story behind this is, and this my brother, diehard die fan of the series, um, Robert Jordan has been writing these books since like 15, 20 years ago or something. There's a ton of these books, and they're all like 500 pages. Very involved series, and he died before all of the books were out, and this Brandon Sanderson person kind of picked up the mantle uh, there was some unfinished manuscripts and stuff, and he picked up the mantle to finish. I think there may be anywhere between one and three books that he, I don't remember exactly how many uh, books that he had f- uh, uh, unfinished manuscripts and other, you know, uh, research materials for these books that Robert Jordan left behind that he took and put together and finished the books and put them out. So, A Memory of Light is kind of, you know, memory, you know. Robert Jordan, Skip Papersley would have something funny to say about that if he knew that. Well, if I would have known any of that, I certainly would have made some kind of funny death joke. But at any rate, listen, that's what it would sound like. So I want people to know how good they've got it with Skip Papersley. Yep. We hope he comes back soon. Hopefully next week. That would be a good thing. Yeah. So Because you know next week um, is the end of the month, right? Yes. And you know what that means. It means soon. 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 It means that maybe I'll stop posting freaky, weird po- photos on your Facebook. God damn it. If you and everybody else would stop doing that, here's what occurred to me. So one day I may um, have to give my Facebook page as a kind of like reference or something, and people are going to go on there and they're going to get this period of time <laughs> where there's nothing but horses looking out windows and cars like parked in the lake, watching people <laughs> walk by. 
in between that and all of the like Call of Duty stuff that ends up on my wall, yeah, I, I, I look like the, like there might be a little something wrong with me. Not with you guys for posting it, for <laughs> me because it's on my wall. Yeah, that's true. That will happen one day, soon. So, so soon. <laughs> um, so next week being the uh, like the Mayan calendar, I'm predicting that next week is the definition for soon. We should find out if we won podcast of the year from This Is Horror. Yeah, so we're crossing our fingers. We're making other people cross their fingers. We're crossing other stuff. That's right. Yeah. So all the work has already been done. Obviously, we did all the work last year. Now we're just waiting for the results. So hopefully we'll have that for you next week. That's right. Anything else you want to call out before we uh, tell people what's coming up next week? Nope. I got nothing else this week. All right. So next week, I rally for these all the time. Livius just wants to keep reading books. Uh, but I, you know, sometimes I want a break. Sometimes I'm just, I mean, I'm just lazy. One of the, I'm, I'm the lazy reader of the podcast for sure. Uh, so next week we're going to do an interlude episode. It looks like, right? That is correct. Yeah. So look forward to us just talking about a bunch of random stuff. Hopefully we'll be, uh, telling you, uh, the news about this is horror, how that went down. Um, and yeah, a bunch of other stuff that we managed to cobble together. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the anthology. We might. We might. There's a very good chance we will. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows what could happen in the next seven days? We might have an interview or something. Yeah. So that's it. It's not going to be a book. Probably going to be an interlude, but maybe we'll get someone on to talk to us as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Cool. So until next time, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading. <laughs> <laughs>